We want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. another episode of Ben Frank now and we haven't done this for a while but I'm going to say it I'm your host Frank and I'm Amelia oh my goodness can you believe with with Amelia hey happy Friday to you guys out there that's listening appreciate everything I'm playing this music right now it felt appropriate to play on a Friday afternoon hope you guys are doing pretty good but you know this uh, uh you know black people are singing this song really yeah cult of personality by Living Color is a black rock band. I like it. Yeah. Plus, CEO Pucky's come out this and it was a wrestling intro, too. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you know, I hope everybody's doing good. Um, yeah, we're going to do a quick episode today because Amelia's busy, but um, damn, we haven't been on the air since when? It's been a really, really long time. It's been over a month, I think, it's, since it's been just you and me. My goodness, yeah, no, it's just been. Been crazy, been very crazy. Yeah, I got the little one that daycare right now, so we're able to get something in. So you won't hear no, ma 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 ma. Bird, bird, baby. <laughs> oh yeah. So everything's good. Though hope everybody's doing pretty good out there on this lovely, lovely Friday. Um, just two more weeks left of the month for August. No, there's only one. No, is there? Yeah, a week from Monday is the thirty first. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, damn, I didn't realize that. Time flies when you're having fun, babe. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. My goodness. Damn, I didn't realize that. I had to look at the calendar just now. Yeah, everything's going good. Um, high school football starting back in the Midwest today. Um, congratulations to all those that are playing this season. Um, be safe. Look out for each other. Have wear, fun. Yeah, wear your mask. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just be careful. You know, it's kind of sucks. There's no college football, man. I'm kind of depressed. Yeah, it's going to be a weird year. Yeah. You know, we move out here on the West Coast. I'm excited. You know, we're only, what, 15 minutes away from the Arizona Stadium, you know, U of A, and SC. And you don't get to go to a game. Ain't that a bitch. <laughs> I, I'm mad about that. I'm but. still holding out hope that the Huskers are going to play. Man, yeah, there's a possible. Yeah, there's go possible. Big Red. Yeah, there's a very, yeah, probably in January. Good luck with that. But. <laughs> You'll see when y'all corn. Everyone wants to play football in Nebraska in January, Ooh, don't they? Can you imagine that they do wearing that corn cob head uh, with no shirt on? Herbie's gonna be a little chilly. Uh, Herbie will be fuck. <laughs> Herbie will be watching from his side. Herbie's smart. Herbie's like, give me a hot chocolate, I quit. No shit, man. <laughs> or give you um a bowl of chili with a cinnamon roll. Yep. Wah, wah, wah. Whatever. Wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> Amateur move. 
<laughs> yeah, man. I was wanting, you know, where I grew up in the Midwest, we eat chili <laughs> with peanut butter sandwiches with macaroni noodles in it. No. So sinful. That is some people call it chili mac, some might call it goulash if you put spaghetti noodles in it, but to me it's chili. It was school chili. Mm-hmm. But hey, we're out here on the That's west. That's not what this episode's about. So continue I know on. we're out here on the west coast, so we don't talk about chili. So it is what it is. Yeah, I, we won't see any chili. Yes, avocado sandwiches and salad, I guess. But hey, it is what it is, though. But yeah, um, I'm kind of excited about this episode. You know, this is basically gonna be your platform talk for the next what, then twenty minutes, twenty five minutes. So it'd be good to talk and um, let everybody know. You know, we've been married for four years, going on. No, we're going on four years, right? Yeah, we're going on four September years. This September will be four years. Yeah, going on four years in September for like twenty, <laughs> but it is what it is. And um, yeah, you know, just um, the first couple of years we got married. You know, everybody got this belief is what you get married, you have kids in the first what year or two years? Is that the normal? Mm-hmm. Norm- I have no, no idea. Okay, well, the quote unquote normal way of things. We don't do things normal. No, we don't. <laughs> Shit. August third said that. Hey, babe. Um, August fifth, hey, we're moving to Arizona. What? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to Arizona. But anyway, um, that's another story. But, you know, you get married and you expect to have kids within the first year. Yeah, you plan on buying a house or you buy the house first and have kids, whatever, vice versa, whatever. And just, See, we don't even know how it's supposed to go because it's not how we roll. Exactly. We don't know what the hell normal is, you know? And it's like, fuck it. And I guarantee you there's a lot of couples out there thinking, too, like, man, yeah, what is normal, man? Shit. Babe, go get me a sandwich. Fuck you. <laughs> Um. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i love that button but um yeah what is normal you know what i'm saying but here's the thing though um you know not to make people know our story and i think it speak for a lot of women out there mm-hmm. that are um going trying to conceive or have fell and kind of gave up so i mean hell you know what to talk go ahead it's your show well, I think like you keep saying normal and I think that's like our number one problem is that for some odd reason, society has told couples or women what their normal should be. So you're supposed to get married. You're supposed to buy a house. You're supposed to have kids. You're supposed to do all these things. And really, and, uh, and I think we need to number one, get rid of the stigma of having a normal life because It's crap. Like everyone's normal is different and everyone's reality is different. And I think there's so much pressure put on like what you're supposed to do and how is it supposed to go? And I think that just puts the unrealistic expectation in women's minds of this is how life is going to go for you. And so I know do you believe that might take place at an early age of the Absolutely. whole? Absolutely. I'm gonna be a princess growing up. You know, Absolutely. look at yourself in a man. You're gonna and, grow up. You're gonna be a mom. Yeah. I mean, I, I can tell you right now that if you asked any of my family members when I was a little girl, they could have told you that I like would tell them I'm gonna have a busload of kids. Oh shit. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna get married because I wanted to be a mom. Okay. I was. I've been around kids my entire life. I have a couple of siblings that are um, 12 and 13 years younger than me, and I spent a lot of time with them. Um, when they were tiny and I, uh, I don't know. I babysat starting at the age of 11. I mean, I was babysitting people's babies at that age and I've always just wanted to do stuff with kids. And I mean, I, that shows very clear in my career, the jobs that I've had and what I've chosen to do is that I just really enjoy working with kids and being around kids. And I just always had that expectation that I was going to have a busload of kids someday. Um, I do believe that if, 
Um, you and I would have gotten married a lot earlier. We probably would have ended up with a busload of kids, oh, but shit. that's, all. um, but I think, um, everyone's normal is something different. And I think we just needed to get rid of that stigma, but, um, yeah, I mean, I was one of those people I thought I'd get married in my twenties and I would have children and live this life. And, and that's not everybody's reality. And so I think we need to start with being okay that that's not everybody's reality. And I know the older I got and, I watched my friends get married and I watched my friends have children and, um, it was really hard. I know I had a point in my life where I was like, well, this is crap. And then my siblings, my, my, one of my brothers got married and I was like, this isn't how this is supposed to go. I was supposed to get married and then it was supposed to go down the line according to our age. And, um, you know, it's just, everyone's story is different. And I think it's so important for people. And it took me until I was in my thirties to realize that, you know what, God has a plan for me. Mm Mm-hmm. And no matter what that plan looks like, I have to be okay with it because it's his plan and his plan is perfect. And I did. I got to the point where when I went to grad school, I uh, was just like, you know what? I'm going to focus on my career. I'm going to do. And when, when I'm supposed to have somebody in my life, that will happen. Um, and I think my journey kind of started when I was 20, man, 23, maybe. 21, 22, 23, 22 or 23. I, uh, so just some personal information, but I never like had a regular cycle and I had actually brought it up cause I played sports in high school and I brought it up to my doctor during one of my sports physicals. And he was like, well, you're super active. You're an athlete. You know, sometimes this happens to your body. Don't even worry about it. So being a teenager, I'm like, sweet, don't have to deal with that, whatever. Um, and it was always really inconsistent. And I just went off the fact that my doctor told me it was okay and whatever. But then, you know, I went to college and I wasn't athletic. I just stopped playing sports and I wasn't as healthy as I had been. And um, when I was about 22, I think it is, 22, 23, somewhere in there, I gained a ton of weight, like a ton of weight. Like I just blew up. And finally I was like, you know, my doctor said, you know, something's not right. We need to check this out. And so I started seeing specialists and I found out that I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. That's PCOS, right? PCOS. Yep. And I had a doctor look at me at the age of 22, 23 years old and say, you're never going to have children because of this. Mm. And so for a few years, I was convinced that that was never a thing for me. Um, and then finally, one day I, I went to the, for like an annual exam and I would just ask my doctor, I'm like, out of curiosity, like, this is what this doctor's told me. And she's like, no, it's possible. It's just going to be harder for you. And the older you get, the harder it's going to be. Okay. That's fair. So that's what I rolled with. Um, fast forward and you and I meet, my God, what, how old was it when we met? Oh well, shit. Oh, four, five, 33. I was 33-ish. Well, you're telling your age now. Well, I don't that. care. I'm old as dirt. <laughs> um, I know you're like 47. But I think that was one of the hardest things is that you and I met and we talked for a few months before we ever actually met in person. And, um, you know, we were very honest with each other of like, you know what? We're looking for somebody to marry. We don't want to, you know, do this thing and it's not going to work out. So if you're not serious about it, then forget it. You know, I best wish you the best. And what I tell you is like, look, I already got one kid and, you know, that yep. was, I mean, no offense, but that was kind of like by accident. Yeah. It is what it is. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And yeah, we were both looking to start a family. Exactly. Like we wanted to find the person that we wanted to be with. And like, this is kind of where our, uh, our story is very non-traditional and that's why we just have to be okay with it. But 
And I was honest with you. You had said, I want to have kids. And I said, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I have this condition. And they said that it's going to be hard for me to get married, to get pregnant. But we were both willing to, you know, and we had had the conversation about if we need to adopt, we'll adopt. And um, I mean, even before we got married, we even took foster care classes in preparation for this. And And guys, if you take foster care classes, (laughs) make sure you don't do it on the night that you work going into your off days because my goodness you it's are. a long class Ooh, wait <laughs> all right oh my goodness. well and i think also i i had i've worked in foster care and i knew the expectations of a foster parent and what to expect but i think it was kind of an eye-opener for you of yes. kind of what that journey looks like and how hard it can be and yes. and all of that and so after we actually completed the classes and started the licensing process I mean, you were very honest and said, you know, I don't think I feel comfortable with you being home because you were working on traditional hours at the yes. time. Um, and you just said, I don't think I feel comfortable if we would have an older youth with you by yourself. And we had that whole conversation and we were, we yeah. came to agreement because this whole thing was a partnership. Um, oh, yeah. And it got hard and it got ugly and it got dark sometimes. But we we definitely went through it together. And that was the most important thing. But um. So, yeah, we went through the foster care thing. We went started the licensing process, and then we decided that that just wasn't in our cards at that time. And um, so we, you know, we got married, and um, the doctor that I was seeing at that time, a couple couple months before our wedding, we were just like, this is what we were, like, planning on doing. Oh, we were going foster care before we got married? Yeah. No shit. Yeah. What the hell? I yeah. Think, I didn't know that. It was before we got married, I think. Damn. Or it was shortly after. Yeah, we, it was shortly okay, after, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, lying. Yeah. It was shortly after we got married. It doesn't matter. We I went know, through I, it. You know how me, I'm always looking at this. Yeah. I'm yeah. this picture for me. But, um, but we did that and um, we got married and we were like, okay, this is our journey. Let's do this. And I was seeing a doctor who was kind of like, well, we're just going to try this for a little bit and I'll give you six months and and uh i hated that because she was treating you like a lab rat yeah just giving you pills yeah after pill yeah after pill. well and it wasn't like she was taking my age into account right. so like at the granted at the time i was only 34 33 okay, exactly. 34 yes so your age um but it's still i mean you know you get to the point where you're 35 and you're gestationally old and blah 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 and i'll get on that in a minute because it's you just need to ignore that but man shut up seriously this is the time we shut the fuck up honestly because this is like very emotional but yeah as a man if you're in a situation like this and with a woman that's going through this let them go just let just let it be seriously so you, uh, so I went to this doctor and she, there, you and I both agreed that there just wasn't something right. Like she yeah. just wasn't, she wasn't on our team for lack yeah. of better terms. And it was kind of a blessing in disguise that I got a notification that that practice was closing for like insurance. Like it was when the whole insurance thing was going down. Yeah. Um, and so she was going to go be a hospitalist somewhere in whatever the case may be. Um, and they had given us a list and said, here's the doctors that we recommend you go see. Like, these are the people that we're referring people to. And Make so, sure you name plug that doctor, too. Yeah. So um, I chose Dr. Sandmeyer. And where's she located? In Lincoln, whatever. Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. Um, and she's absolutely phenomenal. And she is a no-nonsense woman. Yes, she and is. I, I mean, I... You know, after Bella was born, I sent them a thing. I mean, I stayed, I stayed in contact with them because I had so much respect for her and her team. 
Um, but anyway, so we saw her and my first visit with her, I was crying because she was like, this is the reality of it. And this is what's going to happen. But this is what we're going to try to do. And that's kind of where our real journey started. And it was crazy. So, um, I just don't think that people really understand like what this looks like for people who are struggling with infertility. Um, because once you start this journey, it seems like all of a sudden everybody's getting pregnant. It seems like all of a sudden everyone is happy, but you don't get to be, um, Oh, go ahead. It's fine. Let it out. It. It's fine, babe. If you don't have anybody that's going through that with you, it is horrible. Like, of course, I had Frank. Of course, we had each other. But it's also it's hard on your marriage because you every month have to feel like you let your husband down. And I think people just don't understand. So like the whole, like once people get married and asking like, Oh, when are you guys going to have kids? No, stop it. Just stop it. Because a lot of times this isn't something that people are comfortable sharing. It's embarrassing. It's hard. It's frustrating. And there's, you're just, you're at, you're adding fuel to the fire of like, when are you going to have kids? When are you going to have kids? You know what? everyone's marriage and journey is theirs. And unless they want to share that information, stay out of it. Um, I mean, I, I had people in my life that were extremely supportive besides you. Um, and people who understood where I was coming from and what I was doing and what we were going through. But like, it's, it's horrible. It is absolutely horrible. And I don't wish it on anybody. It's, It's excruciating. It's tiring. It becomes a job. It becomes stressful. It just, it's too much. And, um, you know, like to go to the doctor every month and get poked and prodded and like have all those things happen to you. It just, you just become numb to it. And I think that's kind of where we got with it, where we were just numb and we were like, well, it didn't work again. Well, it didn't work again. Well, it didn't work again. And, you know, I always think about like, even though our journey was rough, I feel extremely blessed because our journey was extremely easy compared to the journey that some people go through. Um, and so, I mean, there's people who experience multiple miscarriages. There's people who have to go through like way more extreme measures to get pregnant than we did. And I think, I think we just need to be aware of those things. And I think my biggest message is always just don't ask, like, unless somebody brings it up, like just stay out of it because you never know what somebody's going through. You don't know what struggles they're having. And honestly, like, I remember the time that we were having dinner, um, with your family. And this is like, this is not a, like, I'm not being mean or spiteful or it's just part of the journey. And, um, I, we were asked what was going on with our baby situation and I just lost it. I just started crying because we were like at the end of right before we got pregnant with Bella and it was just too much. Like that was like the straw that broke the camel's back for me. And I didn't want to talk about it. And, and it's definitely one of those things that like, 
you have to be willing and able and ready to talk about it. And so that's where I just like the whole asking thing. Like I know people ask out of kindness and love, but for me, it was too much. I didn't want to talk about it with anybody, but you, um, I did talk to the, you know, some family and some friends about it. But other than that, it was just, I didn't want to talk about it. And so I think, um, I think the other thing is, is that like, it's, one of those things that as a woman, you're like, well, this is just what my body's supposed to do. Like that I'm supposed to just carry babies and this is supposed to be a natural thing. And, you know, in reality, like after talking to doctors and stuff, they're like, you know, we see this more and more now and they don't know if it's like because of birth control that people are on or the food or the environment or what's going on. But it's just infertility is a very, very common thing now and they don't know what's going on with it. But, um, I think we just need to be aware and we need to be um, cautious of what we're saying to people and uh, that kind of thing. But, and I think my heart goes out to people who have to go through way more than we did. Cause I mean, you know, I just had to take some pills and and they made me crazier than crap. Yeah. It was like you were emotional roller coaster mm -hmm. and hurt me because I know when you were on them pills and your hair was falling out. too. My hair was falling out. Um, I would go get my hair done and I'm like, I'm balding. And the girl who did my hair, who I love because she did my hair for so long when we were there. But um, she was like, no, you're not. You have so much hair. And I'm like, no, literally my hair is falling out. I'm losing my hair. I was crazy. I couldn't be good at my job because I, my hormones were so bad. I was an emotional roller coaster. I just, I was not myself for a very, very long time. And it was horrible. Like, but it was like this battle that I was willing to fight because I wanted a baby so bad. But, you know, like I said, like our journey was way easier. We never had to do in vitro. We never had to, you know, go through all of that. And, um, I mean, I'm so thankful that we've never had to experience a miscarriage. I can't imagine what that's like for a woman, because as soon as you find out that you're pregnant, you're instantly bonded to that baby. And, all you think about is that baby and the well-being and are they okay? And I know for me, like, my goodness, when we finally found out we were having Bella, we had to go in for ultrasounds every week. And I will never forget the emotional roller coaster of just let that baby's heart be beating. Like, please let that heart be beating. And I remember we went for the first one and there oh, wasn't, man. there wasn't a heartbeat. And, um, I mean, the, the team of people I had were absolutely amazing, but I remember them saying it's super early. You're going to come back next week. It's going to be okay. Um, so we went back the next week and then there was her little heartbeat. We went back the next week and she looked like a little gummy bear, but every single doctor's appointment was excruciating because you just think about the journey that you've been through. You think about the prayers that you've been given out, the, the, you just, you just pray that everything's going to be okay. And I, you know, during my pregnancy with her, I had high blood pressure the entire time. And I truly believe that, I mean, yeah, my placenta was crap, which we found out, but like, I think it's also you, there was so much stress of like, I have this baby, I have to keep this baby alive. And I remember I went to a doctor's appointment and I looked at my nurse who was fabulous And I just looked at her and I said, this baby has to live. And she was like, you have to realize that what is going to happen is going to happen. And if something does happen to this baby, it's Mm. not your fault. Mm. And that was really helpful to me because she was very honest with me. But it's still like literally every doctor's appointment. 
I mean, even I remember being in labor with her and they came in to like roll me over. And I looked at the nurse and I said, you cannot let me die and you cannot let her die. And she was like, you know, we're doing our best. We're doing everything we can. But it was just, you know, it's just as a mother, you just, I mean, I remember she was born and she didn't make a noise. And I was like, oh, shit. And that's the first thing I asked, is she okay? And they're like, she's completely fine. You know, it's just. I don't know. I'm rambling, and this is like hit and miss on our story, but it's just no. It's good because I want you to talk about. It's like, so you, emotional, and it's so much, and it's just it's so much pressure. Talk about when you before um, the hospital bed. Just to add a little humor to it when you came in looking goofy as hell. Oh, I forgot about all that yes, stuff. Yeah, it's the procedures you had. Done yeah, up so to have the baby. yeah. So two months before we got pregnant with Bella. Um, they were kind of doing last minute extreme measures, I think, before I had to do in vitro or start talking about in vitro. And um, they went in and they said, well, we want to make sure your tubes are flowing properly. So I had to go in. I have no idea what the procedure is called, but you're awake for it. And um, they go and shove a rod up your fallopian tubes and that has a camera on it. And they make sure that um, there's no, no, there's no blockage. And so they did that, and um, I didn't have any blockage. Everything seemed fine, but they had said that they thought there were a couple polyps at the top of my right ovary, and they were like, you know, this is fine. This is normal. We'll just go in and take them out. If you don't get pregnant this next month, we'll schedule a surgery and have those removed. So I didn't get pregnant. We went in. We had, I had the procedure done where they went in, and they did have to put me out. <laughs> Goofy as hell, because I was waiting the whole time in the room for her to come back. <laughs> so apparently I come back from the surgery and I'm like sitting up yeah. groggy. High as hell. I'm sitting up. She's rolling down in the hospital bed, looking around, looking like a goof ass, just like Big Bird. Just like, what the hell? Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Oh, there's my husband right there. Hi. What are you doing here? I'm like, really? I'm sitting here stressed out. I thought something happened. Oh, man. But that just adds a little humor to it. Yeah. So uh, what we found out from that, besides the fact that you literally make fun of me because of it all the time now. But um, my right fallopian tube doesn't flow right. And um, it's been like that my entire life. So not only had we gone through everything we'd gone through over the last two years, Mm -hmm. but then we found out that our chances were decreased even more, 50% more. So, um, which is so crazy because... When you go in and have ultrasounds done, they can tell you, you, you ovulate on every other side every other month. So one month it's your left side, one month it's your right side is what my nurse told me. And, uh, apparently Miss Bellaboo was conceived from the right side that doesn't work. And I just feel like (laughs) (laughs) that is her personality. Like, oh, you tell me I can't do this? Well, I got this. And so, um, yeah, it, we, uh. We got pregnant with Miss Bella, and that was the biggest blessing in the entire world. Um, It's just, but like I said, you know, it's all the time, the whole entire time it was, you know, I can't have something happen to her. Please make her be okay. And um, I mean, yeah, and then she was born early, and we went through that journey, which, again, I mean, that's a whole other segment of NICU parents. and what you have to go through and how alone you feel. And so not only did we feel alone in like trying to have a baby and then we had a baby and 
it was like this alone feeling of like nobody understanding what it was like to have to leave our child to see needles in our child. Like the worst time ever. I mean, I would came home from the hospital when they released me and they made me go home and told me I couldn't stay with her because I needed to sleep. And I basically thought I was having a heart attack because I was having anxiety. It was terrible. Was a terrible night. You know, that was, the, that was yeah. probably one of the worst nights ever. Yeah. So, it's just, there's so many things and it's just so many feelings and emotions. And my heart literally goes out to people who try and try and try and try. And it just never happens for them because, I mean, that was our biggest thing is that we were married and we loved each other and we wanted a piece of each of us in this world. And the thought of that never happening. And I know it's so easy for people to say, well, why don't you adopt or why don't you do foster care? And I think that was part of our reason of not doing foster care because we really just wanted something that was ours. Yeah. Um, because like in the career you worked in, you see a lot of mothers that just have babies Yeah. and it's, it's really, really hard. And I think also, you know, we came into this marriage with like, you had a child and, um, just kind of what that was like. And I mean, we love her so much, but it's, she, it's she's not ours together. Right. And so it was just a different feel. It was know? a different feel. It's a different relationship. Yeah, it really it's, it's just something different. Like um, you and I are married. We want our own, you know yep. what I'm saying? Yep. You know, my, my daughter from, in Texas is, that's my daughter, no matter what, you know what I'm saying? Love mm-hmm. her to death. But we, you and I are married. We want to, we we'll always say, I want a piece of our own. Yep. Something that we yep. can leave behind. Yep. And so it just, it makes it a different experience. And because I know people would say, oh, well, you guys have Frank's daughter. And it's just, it's not yeah. the same. When you, when so you, you love when people say, why y'all trying to have a baby? Yeah. You got, you know, how you felt when people would say, you already got one child. Why you want another? And I think, I mean, one of your responses one time was, Amelia deserves to be a mother. Of course. And, Every woman, every, be a- every woman deserves that. Yes. And it, yes. It's so unfortunate that there are so many amazing women that don't get that opportunity in this world. And I'm not saying mother by like, no, I'm not putting down the stepmoms either. I'm just saying no. every woman deserves their own yeah. child. I mean, if that's something that you want to experience, yes. to feel your baby, to go through childbirth, like yes. to be able to do those things. And so it just, it breaks my heart for people who don't ever get to experience that. And I think you know, the response of, well, why don't you do foster care? Why don't you adopt? And I mean, that's a whole nother thing because foster care is hard. And I have so much respect for people who choose to do that and to have those children come into their homes and to love them and to do all those things and go through everything and deal with all the people you have to deal with in foster care. And, you know, so I have a lot of respect for people who are able to do that. And, um, I will continue to have tons of respect for them. It's just at this time that it just wasn't something that our hearts, I think our hearts wanted to do it, but our minds were like, you know what? Slow down. Yes. Yes. And so, I mean, we've even talked about that. We've been so blessed that we want to give back someday. And, you know, once, um, our kids are older and maybe out of the house, like foster care is a thing. Cause I think you and I would be amazing at it. Oh yeah. We're either going to foster care or adopt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's 100%. Yeah. That's going to happen. But I think, give me breath. I think people need to realize that when you say, why don't you adopt the journey that goes along with that too, because it's not like you walk into an agency and you go, I want that child and that child. And I, and I, I don't want to get on a soapbox of this, but I don't think people realize the tens of thousands of dollars it costs to adopt a child. 
Um, I know in Nebraska, there's an agency that does adoptions for free. And I, it blows my mind that not every adoption agency doesn't do that because there are so many children in this world who need to be adopted or yeah. not even the world in the United States. Yes. Like, let's keep it local. Yes. Look out for it. Like there's so many children who need homes and all these things. And then you have people that want to do it, but they have to basically take out a second mortgage mm. to make it happen. Mm. And that's a whole nother and a whole nother thing. But I think just people don't realize the process that it is. And you actually have to be chosen by the biological parents. And Damn. yeah, really? I mean, yeah. And most adoptions now are open adoptions. And yeah. so, you know, it's just, there's a lot that goes into that. There's a lot of emotion. So basically which kind go, of like in so a way, basically go Nebraska. Well, there's still, Seriously. I think, I think there's still open adoptions. Okay. Um, but then it like, it makes it hard. Cause it's like, well, for me, it would be like this child doesn't feel like they're totally mine. Right. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of people that go through that process and there's a lot of people that do it. And God bless them for doing it and putting the effort and the time into it and doing all those things. And I think, you know, even with foster care, people are like, well, just foster and you can adopt. And it's like that's years. I mean, you could get a baby and it could be two, three, four years before adoption's even possible. And mm. the roller coaster that you have to go through with that. And I just, I think people need to educate themselves on what that looks like before you just tell a couple who's going through this, this is just what you should do. Um, and I know people don't do it to be ill. I know people don't do it to be mean. I know like people do it out of like the kindness of their hearts and, you know, because they love those people, but you just have to be aware and you know, we've talked about, yeah, we've talked about adoption too, because we've been so blessed, but it's, it's a journey. And you also are adopting a child that you don't know their history. You don't know. I mean, I don't, I think a people, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, in utero trauma is a thing and it alters the genetics and the biology of a baby. And there's just so much that goes into it. And so just, just being, so, you're, going, you're, going, I know. Yeah, you're going way out there. I know, like, but like, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it. Right. And so when people are going through a journey like this, I know people are trying to be helpful, but stop trying to be helpful because it's not helpful. And, um, yeah, so I don't know. We, we did get Bella and we're so thankful for her. And there's some days I want to put a stamp on her forehead and send her to Nebraska <laughs> or Indiana to her grandparents, but she's, she's amazing. And so I, hope that everybody like i would wish that everybody would get that opportunity yes. but so let's go ahead and put a plug in for that doctor in nebraska yeah seriously i already did dr Seymour. okay lincoln nebraska so you know she's phenomenal there you go and um we probably wrap up the show though so really yeah if we're not talking about no <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm doing this low carb, no sugar diet, and with, you're grouchy. Yeah, today's day five, and I'm uh, sitting here cramping up. I just got done working out, so you're um, so grouchy. I'm hungry. That's what's wrong. You're hangry. <laughs> I'm hungry, but um, but yeah. So you believe in um? Let me ask you this question. But I always ask you this all the time. Do you feel that having Bella kind of reset it, reset your um, female reproduction system? Uh, yeah, it did. My body actually, after having Bella went to being normal and, um, we, uh, are actually fortunate to have another baby. So <laughs> coming February 14th. Yes. Another baby is on its way. Yeah. A baby what? A baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. You're excited. Yes, another 
girl. I can't believe it. But she is on her way, so. I, yeah, and I think one thing that I have for this is that I just don't think, I don't know, like, just to be a support. Like, I, if there are women out there that are going through this, like, I would love to be a support. And I know that I am one of the fortunate ones. You know, I had Bella, and now we're having another baby. And I totally get it because it could be like, well, you don't get it anymore because you got your babies. And, but I do get it. I get it. It's hard. It's horrible. It's excruciating. It's draining. It's emotional. And I think my biggest thing is that I just wish that people would just not make this, like, stop defining other people's normal and what their life should be like. Because in reality, you have no idea what somebody's going through. And, you know, I just, I've learned, you know, I was those person, oh, when are you guys going to have kids? You know, because it's just, it's just one of those questions that you ask. And I think we just need to be more aware now that like people may be trying and that is like, because you know, you hear those of those women who have eight, nine, 10 miscarriages. And I just like, I don't know how they emotionally do it. Those are some strong women and some determined women. And I just, my heart goes out to them and um, but I think, yeah, I mean, if there are people out there, like, you know, it, sometimes it just helps to have somebody, you know, understand what you're going through and just to have somebody to talk to and, um, to have those conversations. But yeah, it was quite the journey and it's, it's hard. It's so hard. So. Oh yeah. And you know what? Um, to all you women out there, you're strong no matter what. Um, oh man, it's like one of them subject as a man. We don't know. Mm-mm. We don't know, and we—I literally just shut the f up and follow suit where you tell me to do because we don't know what it's like, you know. And, and you feel helpless when you see your significant other, especially the person you love so much, just going through let down after let down after let down every every month, taking that ovulation test. Oh my gosh, the ovulation test and. The pregnancy test and missing your cycle by a few days, the hope is the hope mm-hmm. is rising. Then all of a sudden, just the air just go out the room. So, yeah, um, I don't know. Um, you're strong, you know. I appreciate everything you've done. You know, great mom. Bella loves you. That's your little mini me right there. Hell, that's your twin. So, yeah, it just it's just one of the moments that we are blessed and. Um, blessed to have another they are what six gonna be 16 months apart no they're gonna be 20 months 20 apart. months apart jeez man uh-huh. <laughs> but um yeah you're strong you know and that's where everybody want to know where amelia been at so yeah amelia hasn't been feeling very good <laughs> yes that's that's the reason why amelia haven't been on the air so she hasn't been feeling good at all but hey you know it's getting better yeah we might not hear from her again for the rest of the year now <laughs> she's sitting here breathing. and i'm out She's in there breathing hard, talking about her pants stretching, her stomach stretching. She's hurting and stuff. I'm like, oh, gosh, I can hear all this shit. Whatever. <laughs> but, you know, it's all good. I listen to you complain about your low-carb diet, so we'll just know, call it man. even. I know. I'm kind of fading, I'm kind of fading away right now. I see yeah, a little we're dot. losing you. I see a little dot right now. Somebody get that man an almond. I know, man. <laughs> Granny, is that you? <laughs> Granny, is that you? But you know. Oh man. Yeah. Um, anything you want to say though before we wrap this up? No, I just think you know, like, I don't know. It was a short, sweet version of our of our story, but it's hard, and I get it. 
And I hope people reach out. Like I hope women who are going through this reach out and, um, cause I, I would love to talk to people and it's just, it's, you just feel like such a disappointment and it's a lot. And, um, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Especially if you're in a relationship or in a marriage with somebody who comes into it with children, it's really, that's even harder to wrap your head around, but you know what? We made it through it and we did it. And the thing is, is we did it together. Like there, that was one thing is that we were always together and we supported each other. And we just, I know there were days you didn't understand, but you tried. So yeah, I tried real hard. Just pull your pants down and bend over. Oh my God. (laughs) What is wrong with you? You are, there is something serious. You need to go get an almond right now because you are ridiculous. Oh, uh, that one is a humor. Like, this is a family show. <laughs> I pay for the uh, rated explicit, so it could be whatever. Oh, oh my, my God. Lord. Nobody needs that in their life. Okay, we got to go because you are ridiculous. You need to go eat. You have lost your oh, damn mind. He's in your budget right now. Good Lord, Frank Smith. But hey, you know, babe, I seriously love you. You know, I'm always been stupid. Um, <laughs> you know, um, this was a good episode. I'm glad having you back, though. You know, it felt good having you back. You know, you're the pioneer of this show we're doing. Already at two thousand one hundred downloads already. That's crazy. Yeah, it's off. But everybody, thank you to everybody. Yeah, no, no. We just trying to find the right time to get you on. And um, you told a good story, though. Seriously, it was really good. And um. I don't know. It just seems like I learned something every time you tell this story, yeah. you know, and I know you can talk about it for days and that's good. You know, I'm going to educate people out there, especially men and women. So, um, like I said, it's Friday afternoon. Yeah. Five fifteen on the East coast. Everybody be safe this weekend. Have a good one. Be supportive. Take care of each other. Don't get wrapped up in this political bullshit that's going uh, on. Yeah, just you know, I like protect to, your families yeah, from the nonsense. I like to sit back and be a troll sometimes on Facebook and say shit to like stir the pot, but it is what it is. Um, but hey, I love you all, Amelia. Anything you want to say before I get off? No, nope, just thank you to everybody, and felt good to do a show. But yes, um, yeah, just take care of each other and. Um, try not to get wrapped up in the ugly in the world because there's so much of it right now. Um, yeah, just take care of each other and love and respect each other. There you go. Now we can go check see what happened at daycare with our daughter. See, she have another bowel movement or anything. Yeah, she's like pooping ten times a day. I don't know what's wrong with that kid. <laughs> but yeah, hey, thank you for tuning in at the Ben Frank Now Show. That's Ben Frank Now. Visit us on our Facebook page at Ben Frank Now at Instagram or what the kids call the gram at being underscore Frank underscore now underscore nine one one and send us an email at being Frank now nine one one at gmail.com. That's being Frank now nine one one at gmail.com. And um, <clears throat> just be careful, you know, just just be careful out there. Wear your mask, um, protect each other, love one another. And be on the lookout for this Sunday episode with Sunday with Stallings. And also the show I'm building up in the next couple of weeks where I have former teammates at Indiana University. B.J. Allen, Brian Allen, and Jamarcus Gorman, a.k.a. Pooh. They will come and give you the story of Field of Dreams, a reality, but not the truth. So 
Check us out. Stay in touch. We love you all. Be careful and good night. Personality, the cult of personality, the cult of personality.